Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I am your host, Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, we're going to be talking uh, about global power today on Purse Strings. And with that in mind, um, I was scouting around for some data that I thought would be relevant. And um, really, the data centers on what has uh, appeared to be the two of the largest and hottest countries around where women are really making significant strides. That's India and China. And according to a New York Times article, um, and for some time now, actually, global cosmetics and skincare companies have been targeting women in both of these countries, and especially in India. Uh, with messages around independence and power, and apparently not having to live with her dark skin. Um, apparently, women in India have more disposable income than ever before, and companies are really going after this. And in fact, there's a um, Unilever product called Fair and Lovely that... It's really dominated the market there. Um, and over the last, say, two years or so, other U.S. companies and global companies have really gotten into the game, like Avon, L'Oreal, Pons, Garnier, really selling lightning products. Uh, it's about a $318 million market for skincare, according to Euromonitor International. And uh, so that's one very, very successful way that companies are are making inroads there, and mainly because many younger urban women are earning their own money. Uh, Korea, Japan, and China are big markets for the very same products that are being pitched in India. Now, Reuters reports that women consumers, especially those younger ones, are fueling Chinese consumer spending. Um, And it's also reducing, at the same time, the country's historic high rate of personal savings. And there's a ton of luxury good companies that are making inroads there. Um, Christian Dior, Valentino, um, things like that. Um, So why is all of this important to you today? Well, according to Nielsen... Uh, With the rate that India is growing, by 2050, the country is expected to have the world's largest working age population. And, of course, English is the major language of the people. um, And India has eight of the hundred most fast urbanizing cities in the world. So you can see India is a force to be reckoned with. China, China, nothing to sneeze at. And we're going to be talking more with my guest today about how women are making inroads in the power of the purse, if you will, of those countries. So, uh, the Prada professional. Now, this is a, a woman in the U.S. who has been making inroads, especially around her career and her earning power. She's around 36 years old. Um, three quarters of them are married, working full time. A little over half are parents. Their looks are incredibly important to them. 
They're very confident in their style, um, but they like to make practical purchases. You know, they feel like owning quality things is kind of the reward for doing great work, and they do work a lot. In fact, 69% say that they are workaholics, and uh, and they do it really because they have uh, a lot of value invested in getting to the very top of their career. They're driving BMW, Jeep, Audi, and Toyotas, and they're buying Calvin Klein and Armani. Um, if you're a marketer, how do you connect with the Prada professional? Well, she's reading magazines, viewing cable and television uh, for like entertainment and information. So, real simple. Harper's Bazaar, InStyle, Shape, Vanity, all very popular magazines with her. Cable is everything from the e-network to Fine Living, TLC, the Food Network. And online, she's checking out money, travel, and news sites. So she's on MSNBC.com, Orbitz, Ask, CNN, MSN, New York Times, and Amazon. Well, as I alluded to just a few moments ago, my guest for this program knows quite a bit about the international buying power of women. Farrah Warner is a journalist, author, and expert on marketing to women, and she's really been focused on women across the globe. Today, she's going to share how marketing to women is changing internationally. So stick around. Farrah Warner, when purse strings, is back in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Oh, wise master, I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com. Specializing in direct marketing and lead generation as well as list management, topnichenetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. Topnichenetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. TopNicheNetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. When it comes to finding the right customers with the right keywords, all you have to remember is ABC Search. ABC Search is the world's largest privately held pay-per-click network, giving advertisers the best pay-per-click traffic. With over 6 billion searches a month and industry-leading protection using ClickShield, their patent-pending fraud identification software, you can trust ABC Search to deliver the best possible traffic. When thinking about PPC and publisher solutions, all you need to remember is ABC Search. Quality partners, quality search, abcsearch.com. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with referback.com. They've shown me how to referback.com show me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. Referback gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit referback.com. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. 
I'm so excited to have Farrah Warner on today, an expert on marketing to women. In fact, you may have read her book, The Power of the Purse. Um, Farrah, I'm so glad you can make it today. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Well, I know for those people who have um, have not read Power of the Purse, um, you know, when we talk about Power of the Purse, we really are talking about uh, women's ability to purchase products for themselves. And it's something that I think is more readily understood in this country. Um, yeah, it definitely, I mean, here in the United States and obviously in Western Europe, um, we've come to really understand that women consumers are, sort of, are very much the core consumer um, for many companies, um, and not just consumer goods, um, but also increasingly in the business-to-business world. But I think in places like China and India, you're actually seeing women sort of leapfrog, um, sort of go through a revolution that took American women a um, hundred years to make. You see women in China and India actually leapfrogging that um, because, um, in part, the dramatic rise in economic development in their countries is sort of pushing women along and up the ladder um, in both China and India. Now, how do both of those countries differ in their approach to women in general and, and specifically to when it comes to marketing to those women? I have to imagine that there's certain things different from those approaches in the U.S., um, well, let's just keep in mind that China and India are two of the largest countries on the face of the earth. We're talking about, um, you know, a billion people in each of those countries, um, 1.3 in China and close to that in India if they haven't already reached it. So to be able to say um, and generalize about women in either of those countries, I always guard against, um, particularly because you have very disparate um, economic standards for women in these countries. You have um, still the very deeply poor rural women, um, and then you have the women all the way up to um, those who are, are making as much as some of their Western counterparts, um, those women living in places like Shanghai and Mumbai. But I do think um, there are certain things that you can say about um, women in both of these countries there is no going back for women um, in either China or India. Um, women in rural areas will continue to progress and move up this economic ladder. I think the differences potentially that you see in China and India is that China may be slightly further along in the economic advancement of women. And so you may actually see that um, you had mentioned earlier in the program the discussion of cosmetics, um, and those have always been um, very important um, product areas for women in China and India. But in a place like China, you're also seeing um, incredible use in technology, computers, um, personal, you know, personal technology like cell phones, um, cars as well have become something that, and this happens in India as well, if you're an upwardly mobile young woman living in Shanghai or in Mumbai, you are probably one of the things that you absolutely want to have is a great little small car to get you around. Um, so you're watching these women move very rapidly from not being able to afford anything to being able to actually afford uh, personal transportation. 
Well, and, and increasingly more important to them as well because it allows them to get around and get to their jobs. Now, I would imagine that marketers globally have learned lessons on how to market to women from those in the U.S. You mentioned earlier that marketers um, aiming at women in those two countries aren't starting from scratch, for example. What are some of the valuable lessons learned that you feel are being applied overseas? Um, I think that we're just beginning to really tap into this. Um, I sit on the outside advisory board of an Omnicom consultancy called G23, whose real sort of power is in looking at the similarities and differences between women around the world. And so in places like China, you can actually look at certain demographics and psychographics of women in China, let's say women in their late 30s, who have really been the women who have broken through the glass ceiling. Um, They're the ones who have really been the revolutionaries in changing the way people think about women in China. You can see very similar trends, um, same sort of psychographics and buying trends among women in their 50s in the United States. So it would be intriguing for a marketer to really take a look at those two groups of people and say, what do I know about these women in, in the United States? And how may I apply that in China? Obviously, with all of um, you know, the awareness of cultural differences um, and regional differences, but really getting at sort of those, um, those deep emotional bonds that women in China and women in the United States may very well have. Um, you can also see the connections between young women in India and their absolute love affair with technology is also mirrored um, for young women here in the United States in terms of technology. Now, you can't just wholesalely take an ad campaign or a marketing program that you've used in the United States and apply it in um, places like China and India. When I was living in Singapore, was working as a regional correspondent for the Wall Street Journal, I would see this happen, um, and that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is really understanding deeply how these women are similar to each other and then working toward creating new advertising and marketing that strikes at at that understanding. Well, and and I know you talked a little bit about this, that women in in the two specific countries we've been talking about have had growing power. And as I look around the world, and especially in light of the presidential campaign that we just underwent here in the U.S., it seems to me that women have a little bit more political power, at least in higher office around the world than we do here in the U.S. Do you think there's a tie between economic power and political power? Um, it's an interesting question, and I think one that um, is, could easily get you into trouble in trying to make those connections. Um, in a place like India, um, their constitution actually requires um, a certain mandated number of women be in political office. Um, and so that has led to increasing political power for women in, in India. Um, that does not necessarily mean that that political power then brings them economic power. Um, part, part of that is, I think, women continue to maybe not link those two together. Um, China, um, being a communist country, although it is written into their, you know, even into their way of speaking, there's a famous Mao quote that women hold up half the sky, um, which is that women are equal members of society in China, um, and there are certainly some very powerful um, political figures who are women in China. Still, 
those two, I think, are actually somewhat disconnected from each other. And in the United States, it's very interesting because we, as women, have a lot of economic power, probably the most economic power of any women um, pretty much around the globe, other than maybe a few Western European countries. That doesn't necessarily mean that that economic power has equated to political power for us because we obviously, um, you know, we're just beginning to see women move into those top um, political positions. Uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, obviously a vice presidential candidate, um, and then Hillary Clinton running for president. Um, and so we're actually, we have lots of economic power, but we actually um, run a little bit behind other countries that have women in um, positions of political power. And so it's kind of, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure that the two of them actually are as tied as we think they would be. Yeah, it is it is an interesting question and one that and hopefully women will continue to make gains both economically and in the political arena. Um, as we've started to see over the last, you know, 10 years, 15 years or so. Um, we're going to take a quick break, Farah, and when we come back, um, we'd love to talk to you a little bit about the next generation of young women. Well, Farah, we're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I would love to talk to you a little bit about the next generation of young women. I know you interact quite a bit on a whole nother level uh, with a whole nother job that you have outside of everything else that you do. So when we come back, uh, Per Strings will return with Farah Warner talking about the young version of marketing to women okay time for something we can all relate to shopping her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers friend finder friend finder the world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as passion.com and fastcupid.com represents enormous profit making opportunities for webmasters just like you with friend finder's ability to geo target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet wallet Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Susan, you're still responsible for digital marketing programs, right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign optimization, and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams, and just as many invoices, and it's making us mental. What is it? Aromatherapy? Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed? You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all. I feel like I can cancel that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, visit Lyris.com or call 1-888-GO-LYRIS. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyris today. Are your domains locked to the max? If not, your online brand presence and your entire online business could be at risk from Internet thieves. Imagine the damage that you and your company would suffer if control of your domain was lost. Protect all of your valuable domains with MaxLock. From Moniker, your domain asset management specialist. With MaxLock, even if your email accounts are hacked and your passwords are stolen, your domains are protected in your Moniker account. Transfer your domains to Moniker today. Powered by MaxLock. Delivering maximum protection for your domains. 
Find out more at moniker.com slash maxlock. SEO 101 is now in session. Every Wednesday and Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm joined today by Farrah Warner, journalist, author, and expert on marketing to women. You may have read her book, The Power of the Purse. And we've been talking a lot today about uh, the power of the purse growing in China and India. And Farrah, I am curious a little bit, uh, besides those two really enormous countries, are there other countries that are making great strides when it comes to marketing to women? Yeah, I think um, South America is actually an interesting place to look. Um, we often, I think we sort of dismiss South America, but certainly Brazil is one of those countries where you see um, women really starting to come into their own. Um, other countries in South America, I think, will follow. I mean, Argentina, certainly. Um, you know, Africa continues to be a question mark for many people, but you do have a number of marketers who are moving into that into Africa and into many countries there, looking at um, actually doing a lot of corporate responsibility projects, whether it be Project Red or the work that, you know, Avon as well as P&G are doing in which those marketers actually take on, in some ways, the role of non-governmental organizations and even government organizations to offer free health care, free medicine, um, and they do it... um, in part out of the goodness of their hearts um, as corporate citizens, but they also do it to build brands because at some point um, Africa will begin to to grow and prosper. I mean, we have 800 billion people who live on the continent of Africa, um, and there are definitely going to be consumers at some point. Yeah. Well, lots of opportunity out there if we're doing if we're marketing the right way. And I still feel that we have some lessons to learn in this country about marketing the correct way to women. Um, you know, women here, we've had our own money for a long time. We make a lot of purchasing decisions. We're more educated than ever before. And yet marketers aren't necessarily as sophisticated as they as we might think they would be where do you think marketers are missing um, the marketing to women in the u.s um i actually i had a um an instance yesterday where i i sort of felt like there was a marketer who i who have often had some um quite and i write about them in my book um you know de beers and the diamond market and sort of how they had gone after women with the right hand ring but i recently saw an ad for them that talks about how um i don't know several thousands of men will get down on one knee and give, uh, you know, an engagement ring this year. Um, or something like 10,000 men will ask women to marry them in the next year with some kind of, or in the next month. And it just sort of struck me as sort of falling really flat with women um, because sometimes we're the ones asking men to marry us. Um, and, and sometimes I think what marketers do is that they forget that Consumers, and particularly women, are in constant change. We're in constant sort of flow of new things happening to us. Um, And I think sometimes marketers really lag behind where we're at uh, socially, culturally, um, psychographically. And so sometimes they can can do an ad campaign that just kind of falls flat, um, that doesn't really – that doesn't really – 
respect and sort of mirror where women have have come to and where we continue to go. And conversely, when we see one that we really connect with, it's all so refreshing, isn't it? I mean, I I feel like when I see an ad and it resonates with me, I am surprised by it. Right, and we shouldn't be we shouldn't have surprises anymore where ads actually resonate where we go, oh, they actually understood me. Um, I re- you know in the past year or so, one ad that I've quite one advertising campaign that I've quite liked is is Volvo's ad um, where there's a woman who's She's obviously in training for some kind of cycling event, and her children are in the back of the Volvo, and they're they're tape recording her, they're video recording her, and it's just this great sort of change of it's not mom ferrying her kids around the traditional view that we have of women that we get from the car industry, um, but really one about this is a woman's hopes and dreams, and her children are really involved in it, um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that it comes from Volvo, which in the past has sometimes um, had a little bit of a, um, at least for me, some problems in sort of reaching out to women. They did a concept car a few years ago where they um, offered, among many other things, there was sort of a hole in the headrest for a ponytail. And, <laughs> it, again, one of those things that I hit, and it's like, I know you're trying to do, I know you're trying to address issues that women have, but not all women have long hair. So, you know, it was this sort of assumption that women fit into a specific package. But you're right. I mean, we're still surprised when marketers get it right for us. Well, and and especially the generation growing up today, you know, know, um, they have to be a little bit hardened by all the advertising that they're bombarded by, all the messages that are aimed right at them, and, and so many of them are missing their mark. Now, you're you're you teach at the University of Michigan there in Ann Arbor, and you see a ton of these young women each and every day. Do you feel like that they even want to be marketed to? Do they they want these messages? And what messages, if any, really resonate with them? I don't think they have a problem with brands or with advertising or marketing, but they do hate to be marketed to. They spend a lot of time um, online, as we all know. Um, They're heavy users of Facebook and other social networking sites. And it's really about, for these people, for these young people, and it's not just women, but definitely true of the young women that I know, that they gain a lot of their brand ideas and, and what's hot and what's not from their circle of friends. Now, that's been true for women for a long time. But the circle of friends that these young women have are circle of friends that could go around the world if we're talking about their community online. And I think they're very willing to listen to messages and to and to be almost in partnership with brands, and they respect that. Um, but you have to give them a reason for coming to your brand, and it has to be more than um, just a great ad campaign. They're really about community, what other what other people in their community are saying about things. So it's very much word of mouth, but it's technol it's a technological word of mouth now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, whether in the U.S. or in China or in India, we have to get the messages right. We need to connect with women where they live and, and really resonate with them. That is absolutely for certain. Um, well, our time has run out today, Farah. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me again. It's been great. 
Yeah, it's been great to have you on. And for those of you who've been listening today and want to learn more about Farah and maybe even check out the book, The Power of the Purse, please log on to thepowerofthepurse.com. Thanks to George for a great show. And join me for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern. Mary Brown, author of Boom, marking to the ultimate power consumer, the baby boomer woman will be be on the show. That's next week on Purse Strings. Until then, make it a great one.